This episode is brought to you in part by Wholehearted Love, a new book by Caleb and Stephanie Rouse. Overcome the barriers that hold you back in your relationships with God and with others and delight in feeling safe, seen, and loved with Wholehearted Love. For more information, go to Tyndale.com. Hey friends, welcome to the Grace Enough podcast. I am your host, Amber Cullum. Each episode, I sit down with a guest to discuss their life journey and how the grace of God has impacted them along the way. After listening to today's episode, I hope you are encouraged that God can use you right now in the midst of your day-to-day life. Yes, it requires daily surrender and trust, but we must remember His grace is enough. My first guest for the Grace Enough podcast is Rachel Smith of Oh Lord Help Us. We sit down and chat about the coffee shop she started in Chicago, taking risks, God's grace when you have nothing, Southern charm, and how she started, Oh Lord Help Us. Listen to what she has to say. Yes, it was so much bigger than I could have imagined. And it is fun. I got to be a part of that. And I would say that is something I learned through that process that I carry with me now is we all have unique gifts and strengths and we have different roles to play. This story is not about us and Our roles may not always be what we want it to be at the time, but we have a role to play. And I'm thankful that God gave me a glimpse of what my role was in that part of the story. I have no doubt you're going to enjoy this authentic conversation with Rachel and stick around for the end as we laugh a lot about parenting. Hey, Rachel, welcome to the Grace Enough podcast. It's great to have you on our show. Thank you for having me, Amber. I'm going to introduce you or let you introduce yourself to our listeners, if you'll just tell us who you are and about your family and what you do. Well, I have been married to Jeremy for 18 years now, and we have three children. They are 10 and 7-year-old boys and a very feisty 3-year-old girl. And then what ministry do you run? I am the director of Oh Lord Help Us. We are a ministry mentoring women to be who they are created to be. Awesome. And I know recently, which we'll get into a little bit later, you have a new program, Hope and Vine, which is also mentoring young women coming out of the foster care system, correct? Yes, that is correct. So in that program, we will employ and mentor them, uh, helping them get established through this transitional season. Okay, well, as we dig in, I want to go way back. It's probably not as way back as I think it is, but if you're (laughs) like me, two years ago feels like way back. Yes, I feel like I have lived multiple lives. (laughs) Well, that's what happens. You start all over with every single child. Take us back to the days when you and your husband were in Chicago Oh my goodness. So yes, that was probably like four lifetimes ago. It was my husband's work that took us there. And it took us eight years before we could finally get out. And I know that sounds really harsh. A lot of people love Chicago, but it was a hard eight years for us. I know that you started a coffee shop there. And that was something where I feel like you did a lot of ministry. Talk to us about what encouraged you to start this coffee shop. What was that experience like? What did you learn from it? That dream actually began in Atlanta. I just started dreaming about what it would be like to have a coffee shop one day. And then we were in Chicago for my husband's job. He was at that position for about eight months 
when he got let go from work and I was already homesick. So I wanted to leave. He wanted to stay because that's a good city for him to get established in his career. And I thought, okay, well, if we're going to stay, I'm going to make the most of it. And, you know, let's pursue this idea of the coffee shop. On a whim, I looked into different storefronts that were in the city, and I also thought, wouldn't it be so cool if we could live in the same building as the coffee shop? Because I know that it's going to take up a lot of time. So I was looking for storefronts that also had an apartment for rent, and I found one. I was in a panic because I was scared that I was actually going to pursue it and I was terrified. And so I I called my husband and said, I found this spot. It's in the Bucktown neighborhood, which is a good neighborhood in Chicago. And I did not know much about Chicago at the time. Turns out that was in a, uh, on the line of Bucktown, (laughs) not in the heart of Bucktown. No, it was on the line. Anyways, I was asking my husband, you know, what he thought about it. And he said, five years from now, are you going to be happy that you stuck with your career as a dental hygienist? Or are you going to regret that you didn't make this phone call? Wow, that's a great question. (laughs) I thought, well, gosh, if you say it like that, (laughs) I have to make the phone call. That's where it started. And then after that, it was just at a frantic pace. And four months later, I mean, it was ridiculously fast. We had no clue what we were doing other than a friend of ours sold coffee shop equipment. That was really our only connection to know what we were doing. And we opened this coffee shop on the border of Bucktown between Bucktown and Humboldt Park in Chicago. I haven't been there in a while, but it's a very gentrifying neighborhood. So it was literally lawyers living next to gangbangers. So it was dealing with gangs was a daily part of my life. It was hard. (laughs) Well, how did you in that bringing just your relationship with Jesus into the mix of all of this? How did you during that time really find yourself growing closer to him, whether it be through struggles, success? Um, How did that play into the ministry you're a part of today? That is a good question. Well, there were many struggles. We definitely learned how to take leaps of faith. Um, With all of the struggles that we had through years of fighting, we're able to come back from financially specifically. It does give us a bit of confidence of freedom in taking risks because when you've come back from less than nothing and able to, to go back to flourishing, it does give you that confidence to, you know what, it's okay to take risks. I've survived it once and I'll survive it again. It also taught us what truly has value and that we can survive on little. Mm. Yeah, the way that God provides his provision for Mm. us in all seasons is something that I think definitely draws us closer to him. Yeah. And I oftentimes think about David in situations like that and how many risks that he took and the way that God provided for him and the way that we read in the Psalms, so many things and risks that he took, good and bad, um, that led him 
to praise and repentance and a lot of different spaces. So tell me this, how long was the coffee shop open? It's still open. We had it for two and a half years and it was the birth of my first son that finally brought us to the point of uh, realizing that we could not continue it anymore. And it was one day my son was five weeks old. I started crying and I just didn't stop. And then someone gave me the freedom to to let it go. And it truly, up until that point, I didn't see that as an option. We were praying about it, trying to figure out, you know, what we needed as our family. We gave the coffee shop to our church. Oh, and wow. And they were going to operate it as a ministry to the neighborhood, which was, you know, our heart for it. We wanted to be a, a bright spot in the middle of that area. And, you know, someone told me once that that coffee shop was like a little piece of the South in the middle of Chicago. I thought, oh, that's perfect. Yes. For all of you Southerners out there, you know, that's a good thing. So, yes. So what we wanted for the shop and oh, my goodness, there were just so many stories of things that happened in that shop. But the church took it over to continue as a ministry in that neighborhood. They realized a few months into it that they were not capable of uh, or they didn't have the skills. I don't know. Maybe just equipping. Maybe it's just not what they were called to do at that time. The church didn't have the resources that they needed to run it effectively. So they were praying for someone to come along to take it over. And God provided a coffee company that operated as a mission. They work with farmers and um, most coffee farms are in third world countries. And so they work directly with the farmers and they were looking for retail space and it was just a wonderful thing. So then the church gave the shop to this coffee company and they have it today and have done wonderful, wonderful things with it. And they are a real blessing to the Chicago community. They have multiple locations now. It's really a cool thing. That is so cool how a dream of yours has flourished into something that you really couldn't see. Yes, it was so much bigger than I could have imagined. And it is fun that I got to be a part of that. And I would say that is something I learned through that process that I carry with me now is that we all have unique gifts and strengths and that we have different roles to play, that this story is not about us. And our roles may not always be what we want it to be at the time, but we have a role to play. And I'm thankful that God gave me a glimpse of, of what my role was in that part of the story. So how long was it before you all left Chicago? So we were still in Chicago for another four or five years after saying goodbye to the coffee world. Then finally, we... <laughs> I am so hard on Chicago. We finally left Chicago and moved to Greenville, South Carolina. And that was like being released from prison. <laughs> it was heaven on earth. I love Greenville, South Carolina and the people there so much. Like as hard as I am on Chicago, I cannot sing the praises of Greenville enough. 
we both grew up in Kentucky. We are Kentucky sisters. And (laughs) if you grew up in Kentucky, it is just in your blood. I mean, I think everybody feels that about their community. We're going to just say Kentucky's different. But having moved to Tampa, I have always been incredibly hard on Tampa too. And I think there is a part of us that no matter where we move, that first really, I don't want to say really big move, but when you go into a city that's that large for the Mm -hmm. first time and actually live in it, even though you were in Atlanta, but were you in the outskirts of Atlanta? No, we were right in town. Oh, I'm trying to bail you out here, but I can't. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. No, we were we were right in the thick of Atlanta too. So honestly, it was just a southern thing. I mean, it is different. But then I have northern friends who move to the south and think southerners are crazy. So (laughs) who knows? Okay, moving on. Moving on to we're going to sing Greenville's praises. Let's um, just kind of bring it back to that's where Oh Lord Help Us began. Yes, is that correct? That's correct. So it was the promptings of a friend and my husband saying, oh, you should write a blog. And then my husband actually came up with the name, Oh Lord Help Us. It started out as a mom blog. And so it was, you know, Oh Lord Help Us Parent or Oh Lord Help Us Stay Sane. Oh Lord Help Us Be Healthy. And it was all about encouraging moms, not giving parenting advice because I'm not about to do that. But it was encouragement and it was how to juggle all of the things that as moms we juggle. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I had no clue what I was doing. I was totally winging it and kind of got to the point where I was running out of advice to give and I couldn't keep, I just felt like I couldn't keep saying the same thing. There's only so many ways that I can say, make your meals ahead of time, because that is, that's my number one piece of advice. Make your meals ahead of time and then you don't have to cook during the week. And so beyond that, I'm like, I don't have anything else to say to these people. So when my daughter was born, I thought, okay, it's time time to close this up, you know, just like when my first son was born, I closed up, you know, walked away from the coffee shop. I thought, all right, daughter's born. I'm going to walk away from the blog and then really began to feel convicted because of all of the things that I was doing and that I was considering giving up. The writing was the thing that was having the most impact in people's lives. At that point, I thought, all right, well, if I'm going to do it, then I want to learn how to do this well. And so I started, you know, reading and talking with more people to figure out how to really do the whole blogging thing, because it's way more complicated and involved than I thought it was. Also, in that process, I realized that I wanted it to become more faith focused and make it open to all women, not just moms, and to drop the the balancing part of it. So after we moved to North Carolina, we did a rebrand and became, oh Lord, help us be who you're created to be. Okay, so in Greenville, South Carolina, you start, oh Lord, help us very organically. It's very, you know, simple. And God has slowly grown that in you and grown that to be an independent business. During that time, you make a move to North Carolina. Mm -hmm. which is where we met. Yes. And walk me through kind of that process of when you really knew that it was time to make Oh Lord Help Us more than just a blog that you were writing. So in January of 2017, it was really laid on my heart that this was something that I didn't want to do by myself, that I wanted to do this with other women. I didn't want it to be the Rachel show. 
I knew that it was to be with other women, but I see clearly how to make that happen or what to do. And I really believe now looking back, that was God giving me the glimpse of a vision, but making it blurry so that I didn't move ahead of his timing. Because the solution to it was so simple that once it became clear to invite other women to come on as writers. And so that's what we did in the fall of 2017. We brought on other writers and over time we've grown. So we have 10 writers on our team. We have devotionals going out four days a week. Okay, so now you have 10 writers, which is an amazing feat in and of itself, just because you're managing people in different areas, not only different areas of writing strengths, but different areas of the world. Tell us a little bit about your, you're so fortunate to have on your team. Is it your mother-in-law and also one of your nieces? Yes, and my sister-in-law. We have three generations writing for us. So my niece is 17 and has always been near and dear to my heart. I love that girl so much. And even though she's young, God has brought her through so much and her testimony is so powerful. So I love having that younger voice on our writing team as well so that we can reach all those different age groups. I know, and it's amazing because nowadays I feel like the younger generation really needs to hear from people their own age, people their parents' age, and grandparents who are just speaking life and truth over them. Mm -hmm. I hope you're enjoying today's episode. I wanted to take a moment to introduce today's sponsor. I have recently began to understand the impact my purchases can have and I want that impact to be positive. With Design for Joy, I know each purchase made is an investment in a woman who is being equipped to rejoin the job market with stronger faith, more confidence, and marketable skills. Design for Joy is a transitional work experience for women coming from trafficking, time in prison, homelessness, and other vulnerable situations. These women receive a living wage for their work creating a brand of jewelry and bags. And have I mentioned that I own several items from Design for Joy that always receive compliments from my friends. And they spark conversations on how we can wear cute jewelry and carry cute bags with greater joy because we are providing a much-needed job to the women in the Triangle area. Not only do I wear their products, I love to give their products as gifts for every occasion. I've seen their bright, beautiful studio. I believe in what they are doing. So I want to encourage you to influence change in the lives of women by following and purchasing ethically made products from Design for Joy. Visit www.designforjoy.com or if you live in the Triangle area, visit their shop in the Boylan Heights area of Raleigh, North Carolina. So in addition to the website, God began birthing in you a message of but God. So much so that you even have a tattoo <laughs> on your wrist that says but God. Again, walk us through that. What is that about? What was God speaking to your heart during that time? That message began back in South Carolina. It was this realization that I had bought into so many lies in my life and that God was wanting to free me of that and that God was freeing me from that and that it was, you know, I might be this one thing, but God has done this. And because of what he's done, I can live with freedom. And so it was really started with the, I was 
was afraid, but God loved me. And that truth has been so transformational in my life. I love people. Like I'm like the little puppy dog that's just like, oh, I like you. I like you. I like you. You know, love me, love me, love me. But I became so fearful that the love I have for other people wouldn't be returned and became fearful of rejection and judgment to the point that I was starting to become just imprisoned within myself. And knowing that God loved me and that there's no fear in that, it really just began to transform, you know, how my confidence and how I handled myself around other people, the insecurities in my life. And I just started to feel these chains break off of me. And I wanted to share that with other women. And I was doing that through writing on the blog, but I am definitely more of a, I want to meet with people in person. Yes, girl. Oh, I want I want to see their expressions. I want to sit across from them. I'm and I'm a toucher too. I want to reach out and I want to like squeeze your arm and I want to I just want to share this message in person with people and I felt like I needed a reason to meet with these women in person. And so I also have as a hobby, I enjoy making stuff and have made jewelry for years just as a, you know, hobby or whatever. And so I thought, you know, if I make jewelry that share this message, then I could share this message in people's homes and then have these items to serve as reminders of what God's truth is for our lives. And, you know, we are so bombarded with lies all the time. And I thought, oh, I'm going to make all this stuff. And then that way I can bombard people with God's truth. And so I was on a mission to, to do this and reached out to some friends of mine in Greenville and shared with them, you know, what my heart was, what I was wanting to do, shared the message with them and, you know, just said, hey, you know, what, what do you think about this? Is Am I on to something? Am I off base? Like what's going on? And they were so encouraging and bought into it. And actually one of the women that was at that meeting that I had at my house uh, is now one of our writers. And another gal who was there, that girl, she buys these bracelets and wears them until someone she meets, she gets to talking to and she'll give them her bracelet because they, she feels like they need it. And so I'm telling you, she likes, she is just amazing. So it's really neat to see that years ago, this message began and that the women who were a part of my like vision casting are still, they still have the vision with me. And it's really, that's really encouraging. So it began as all of the products began as it was really just an excuse to meet with women and to share this message in person. I love that because that's something that you and I share is a love of learning about other people's stories. And that's a big reason why I wanted to start this podcast is because I feel like there are so many women around the world and we often only hear the really big stories mm. of the really, you know, maybe famous people or 
you know, just maybe a story that impacted a larger group of people. But the reality is everybody's story, even if it impacts one person, is so amazing and such a witness to the grace and mercy and love of God. And so your friend that you said who wears bracelets and hand gives them away, like what an amazing way to share of God's love for people. I know I have the t-shirt that reads, I'm running, is it, but God is pursuing me? Yes, running, but God has pursued me. And I loved it the first time I saw that because that is a, that's my story. I mean, always running from one thing to the next thing. And God's like, I'm not going to let you go. <laughs> and I'm so grateful for that. So it's great to hear all God is doing through, oh, Lord, help us. I know that within the last six to eight months, there has been the new added program of Hope and Vine. Yes something that I know is so needed in so many cities around the world. Tell us a little bit about Hope and Vine, the vision behind it, and kind of where you're at with that and what will be 2019. It was back in the spring of 2018. I was feeling very overwhelmed with the handling everything with our shop component that was selling the But God products and wanting it to continue growing, but at the same time being in a panic that it was growing because I, you know, as of now, personally make all of the jewelry that we sell. And so I, I just was getting very overwhelmed. Also, my husband and I have gone through the process to become foster parents twice now. We did this in South Carolina, and then we moved, and then now we've done this in North Carolina for the older population in foster care, and also for those who are aging out in the support system. I mean, I, I turned 40 last year, and still I go to my parents for advice and support. And I cannot imagine trying to navigate getting my first apartment or buying a car or what, what should I study in school? I mean, all of those big life questions to do that without the support of a family or trusted people who are further along in life than I am. And so we really felt this burden for them. And that was on my heart. And then feeling overwhelmed with the shop, I just felt the Holy Spirit say, Rachel, you don't need the job. They need the job. And then I just pondered that in my heart for a while. And then in the summer began to put words to it and to share that vision with others. And then one thing has led to another. So we are a nonprofit now and we have a board and we're doing all of the foundation work to get this program fully funded so that we can provide these girls with stability and support. And so that's that's where we are now. Providing them with just a job to start while mentors are coming alongside them to say, ask me all the questions. Well, I'm excited to see where that goes because I do know what the need is in the foster care system and just have friends who foster young kids, but so often not really thinking about what happens when someone ages out of the foster system and how then all the resources that you did have are gone. That's why so many end up homeless or in jail or drugs or human trafficking. And, you know, the 
foster care, it's often generational. A lot of the kids who are growing up in foster care, their parents were in foster care. So really our mission, our goal is to break that cycle so that this generational foster care ends. Wow. Well, thank you so much for sharing about your ministry. We are coming to the end. And so I have a couple of questions that we ask besides salvation. What is an area or situation in your life where you really feel like you've had to rely on the grace of God? Newborn. (laughs) The newborn stage. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I could not agree more. Oh, you know that uh, the hymn, Lord, I need thee every hour. I need thee. I mean, I, that song was like my anthem in those first few weeks. It, it was all I could do to get through every hour. Yeah. And for all you mamas out there who love the newborn stage, bless you, bless you, have sympathy and grace for those of us who think we will not live to see <laughs> another day because most of us have older children now and we love them. They're very fun. Um, Where do you feel like in life you need to pour out God's grace more? To my toddler. (laughs) No, uh, to my preschooler. So the newborn and then three-year-old. We are the same person. (laughs) We really are. I mean, I'm not kidding because that's what I say to my friends. I'm like, okay, so you take mine till they're nine months old and I'll take them back from nine months to three years old, and then you can give them back again at four. Yeah, motherhood is is hard right now. Yeah, I mean, there's not a whole lot to say about that. And please, if you're listening to this, don't criticize us. Don't send us all the messages, okay? Because we love our kids. Very much, very much. That's right. Okay, and then lastly, this is a fun one. So Bob Goff, I don't know if you know who Bob Goff is, but he's an author, and he always says, When you're struggling, think about what do you want 10 years from now to look like? My version of that is if you had the ability to sit down and talk to your great grandchildren and share some wisdom with them, what's something you would want them to know? Know what you're good at and don't try to do the rest. Oh, that's good. That's so good, especially in our fast paced culture. Well, Rachel, tell us where we can find you on Instagram, um, your website. Our website is olordhelp.us, and we are on Instagram as at olordhelpus. Same with Facebook. On Twitter, we are olordhelpusblog. Awesome. I will also put that in the show notes. Anybody who's listening, please head over and just um, check out her website and also the products. You can get the jewelry, the shirts. There's a devotional over there. Lots of fun stuff. Rachel, thanks so much for being on the show today. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Amber. I hope you were reminded during today's episode that you too have a place in God's story. If you enjoyed today's episode, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast in your preferred listening app, whether that's iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. And if you would be so kind to head over to iTunes and leave a positive review for the Grace Enough podcast, that helps other listeners to find us. Thank you for listening to the Grace Enough podcast. Tune in next time.